Welcome to Daring to Be Happy with Leela B, the podcast that invites you to show up, play big, be courageous, and inspire you that through meditation you can find peace and live happy. Hi, I'm your host, Leela B, and yes, I really am a modern day monk, but to be honest, I'm not all that different from you. I'm still subjected to the chaos that's part of a busy life and world. I'm far from perfect and I've got plenty of issues, but I've found a way to be happy anyway. So welcome to Daring to be Happy. Andy Storch is a consultant, coach, facilitator, and host of the podcast, The Entrepreneur Hot Seat. Andy specializes in helping leaders lead, sellers sell, businesses flourish, and ambitious business professionals perform to their highest level. Most importantly, Andy is a husband and father of two kids and is devoted to living a happy and healthy lifestyle, no matter what comes his way. So I met Andy last year at Podcast Movement, and recently he showed up on my newsfeed, sharing that he'd just completed 450 daily meditations in a row. Less one day that he missed, but that's no big deal. We won't hold you to that. <laughs> so you. I thought it would be great to get him. <laughs> I thought it would be great to get him on the show and find out how he's accomplished such a great meditation achievement and how his daily practice is impacting his health happiness, relationships, and performance. Hi. Hi, Lalo. Thanks for having me on the show. This is so cool. Yeah, my pleasure. And you're joining us today from Orlando? Orlando, Florida, USA. Yeah, home of the big mouse, Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse Disney World. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I got to go to the other Disneyland last year when we were in Anaheim for the uh, conference. That's right. Cool. But yeah, you're in Florida, but I know you travel like a huge amount. <laughs> Maybe that's a place to start. Tell us maybe what you do and what leads you to having such a busy lifestyle. Because I know you've been to Prague like twice in the last two weeks <laughs> or something. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like, I like to keep busy for lack of a better word. Although I actually, um, <laughs> it's funny, I'm, I'm reprimanding, reprimanding myself for even saying that because two years ago I heard a talk from, uh, what's his name, uh, McEwen, who wrote um, Essentialism who basically, uh, since then, I've tried to use the B word for busy. But uh, we can go into that later. But anyway, yes. So I've, uh, the last seven years, I've worked as a consultant, um, working with big companies around the world, doing strategy execution type work, um, running, training, and different types of leadership development seminars, teaching people about business and strategy and finance. And it's wonderful because it's allowed me to work with a lot of different people, different companies learn a lot of things and travel all over the world. And I love to travel. So it fit well for me. I love to be on stage. And so it was a great job for me. But I actually made a move about four months ago to go more independent uh, and join a different group. And I'm now off on my own, still selling and running training and traveling to meet clients where they are, but trying to limit that as well. Because as you mentioned, I am a husband and father. I've got two kids at home and I don't want to be gone too much. And I I try to be home and present with them every single weekend. But like everything in life, it's a balance, right? Yeah, for sure. It's great to see how you have, you know, made that your priority. And, you know, I just, I thought that example was so great from the fact that you could have stayed in, what, Europe for three weeks, but instead you came home in the middle of it just to spend time with your family. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's worth spending a few extra hours on a plane. And you're right. If I was single... I would have stayed. I had a, so I had a conference in Europe for a week. I went home for a week, and I went back for a week. And if I was single, I would definitely would have stayed in Europe for a week and traveled around because I love to travel. And see <laughs> things. But I wanted to get home and see my family. And it's and I'm maybe one of those weird people who don't mind planes. I actually like being on planes. I get a lot done because it's like one of the few places left in the world where it's pretty quiet and there are not many distractions. And yes, you can connect to the internet. And still, you know, message and, and check Facebook. I most of the time I don't. It's usually a time when I take out a journal and just start reading and writing for several hours at a time. I, I'm a frequenter of the the flight across the U.S. from where I live to the California, which is about five hours, and that's that for me is a good time to get a lot of things done. Coming back from Europe is a little longer as a nine hour flight, so uh, after a while you end up watching a couple movies. But it's just a good time to disconnect. And you know, in addition to that that goal or that that streak of meditating every single day. I also have a goal of meditating on every flight that I take. And uh, I think I've done that for 
probably 29 of the last 30 flights. There was a flight when I was flying from Prague to Frankfurt a couple of weeks ago where I was sitting next to a colleague who I didn't know that well. And I'm also really big on networking and relationships. And we started talking from takeoff <laughs> and we talked the entire time. He probably didn't like me because there was a big party the night before. Everybody stayed up the entire night and everybody was really hungover. And I'm the only guy that still somehow has energy to like talk to people on the plane. So I made him talk to me the entire time. And then as we landed, I thought, oh, I didn't meditate on that flight. But uh, I, I feel like it was at least a pretty, <laughs> it, it, was, yeah, it was only like a 40 minute flight. So I didn't really have a lot of time. But then the next one I did. And yeah. the one day, so you mentioned it's been 400 some odd days in a row uh, with one day missed. And that was actually a day when I went on vacation with my wife to Europe, to Portugal. And we, you know, every most flights from the US to Europe are overnight. And so I got there and I was just completely out of my routine coming off this sort of red eye flight. And I just completely forgot mm. that first day of vacation. And then I got back on the horse the next day. And now it's been close to 300 days in a row since that day. Wow, that's amazing. And I mean, really, there's some time zone issues in that day. Sure, right. You, maybe that day never actually occurred <laughs> yeah, for right. you. Who knows? <laughs> right. You know, I, like you said, it, it really it shouldn't matter, especially in like the true sense of meditation, right? But I'm also a very competitive person, so I'm, I still kind of get on myself. I'm like, ah, that one <laughs> day would be, you know, 500 days in a row, but instead I missed that one day. It's okay. Yeah, you can't you can't go back. The stats don't exactly. lie. The app won't exactly. you know change oh, well. it. <laughs> it's so funny because I on this first of January, I'm not that competitive and I don't get that excited by like the stats. But I do use an app as a timer, and it does tell you like how many days consecutively. But I don't. I haven't always consistently used the the app. Sometimes I'll just close my eyes without using a timer. But on the 1st of January, I thought, oh, maybe it'd be fun to kind of give it a go. And, and so I've gone, I can go back and log each meditation. But there was one night and it was like quarter to midnight. And I'm like, oh my God, I haven't <laughs> yeah. got it in yet. And by the time I kind of got settled down, it was it, it flipped past midnight. And I'm like, no, no, it yeah, still counts. Absolutely. That <laughs> happened to me very recently. I'd made it almost to the end of the day. I don't know where I was, but luckily I've, I've told a lot of people about this and somebody reminded me. I was like, hey, you need to make sure. Uh, actually, I think it was my wife. Yeah, while we were on a vacation. And she was like, you need to make sure that you meditate because I asked her to remind Sweet. me and I got it done before midnight, like you said. It's always the <laughs> vacations that throw me off on my routine. Oh, you know, definitely. Definitely. And I mean, it's a vacation. You, right. can, you can vacation from your meditation to a yeah. Right. I don't know. I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> maybe take us back. How did you come to start? meditating what led you to this decision and yeah and how so did it i'm uh i'm 37 years old and i'm not like uh from any type of uh you know hippie type family or i never had any concept of meditation i don't think my parents ever did it i didn't know where this uh, you know wasn't something that was ingrained in me for a long time uh it was really just two years ago i read a book called the miracle morning by hal elrod and uh, in it, he talks about how when he was going through tough times, he went out and researched what are the things that the most successful people do, especially with their morning routines. And he put together a, a program comprised of those six things. And one of them, uh, which I think is probably if you went out and did research, it was probably the most common thing that these successful people were, were swearing by and it was meditation. And so when I read that, I, I guess at that time, I, I, I came at it with a very open mind. I had never meditated before, but I thought, I, I've got to give this a shot, right? And so um, you know, I started fumbling through it. I, I tried several different apps and a timer and you know different things. And I was also at the time listening to a lot of other different entrepreneur podcasts like uh, EO Fire and um, Jamie Masters, Ventral Millionaire and some other things. And it, I found that it was coming up again and again that people would say, I swear by my meditation, it helps me a lot get through everything in my day. And that if you don't think you have time to do it, that means you need to do it. And so I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta give this a shot. So I've tried a lot of different things. And, you know, I don't think I'm one of those people that will say it's had like crazy, incredible impact on my life. But I think meditation combined with the other things I've been doing has had an extremely positive impact on my life. And it's just made my life a a lot better. And so I love doing it. I feel like it's something I have to do. It's part of me. And so I try to do it every day. Awesome. And you kind of alluded to 
you've implemented or you've introduced quite a few different changes into your lifestyle. Did all that happen together as a result of the Morning Miracle book or did you kind of build on each thing? It did all happen together. So the Miracle Morning, for anybody who's not familiar with it, Hal Elrod coined the term the savers for uh, silence, for meditation, um, using affirmations, visualization, and then exercise, reading, and scribing or journaling. And I was very regular in the gym. I've always been big on exercise and fitness, but I had never used affirmations or visualization, was not aware of any type of, you know, the concept of mindfulness, had not meditated. I liked the concept of reading. You know, I read a lot as a kid and in college, but I think I was a pretty typical working adult in the, you know, the Western world, at least that you might like the concept of reading, but you probably don't read more than one or two books a year. At least that was me uh, because I would open a book when I got in bed at night, read one page and then fall asleep. But then when I made it part of my morning routine and I dedicated 20 minutes to reading every morning, it started becoming something that I did more often. And I actually ended up in the last two years, I've read 50 books. Whereas in the years before that, I probably read two books a year, like I said. So um, that ramped up. And then a lot of things I hadn't been journaling or using affirmations or visualization or meditating before. So I introduced all these things at the same time. And I also had a streak going with all of these things. Right. And I brought some friends into the fold along with me who read the book and were doing it with me. And I think I got to like 200 days in a row of, of doing all these things. And then I got to a point where I feel like it was really, you know, if you do something enough, it becomes your habit. It becomes part of what you're doing. And there's different studies out there that say 30 days, 66 days, 100 days, whatever it is that you have to do in a row. It's somewhere in there. I think you really have to do something for a good 60 days in a row where it starts to become ingrained in you where I get up and I meditate now. I don't think about it. I don't think like, oh, should I do it? It's just the first thing I do when I get up in the morning because it's a habit, right? I've made it a habit. And you can also form those through goal setting. So in 2017, I started the year, I set a goal that I was going to meditate and exercise every single day in 2017. And I missed one day of meditation. I think I probably missed somewhere between 10, around 10 days of exercise not something I was too worried about, but always kicking myself if I couldn't make it. But by setting that intention, like setting that big goal, uh, it forced me to like try to find a way to do it, to be creative, because I am also traveling a lot and, and have kids and all that stuff. It forces you to be creative and fit things in where you need to fit them in and not just only meditate in the perfect situation on your couch at home. You know, you can do it on a plane, meditated on trains. I've meditated, I meditated in the back of a taxi in Brazil once. Just you find time and places to do it. And it's not hard. You just have to close your eyes and breathe, right? It's not the, the craziest thing in the world, right? But <laughs> when you're first getting into it, you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do, right? You, you, you make a big deal out of it. But I think it's about just repetition and commitment and creating a habit. And so I started doing all these things together. And now they're a regular part of my routine. And they are things that make me, in my opinion, a better person, more successful. Um, I've been achieving a lot of things and I, it all goes back to when I started this routine two years ago. Cool. So what type of things have changed for you in those last two years? A lot has changed really in the last two years. I, um, as I mentioned, I was in a job I left about four months ago. In that time, I, I got into coaching. I went and got certified as a performance coach through a, a place called Performance Coach University. And I started coaching people on the side I joined a mastermind group for dads that gave me a lot of great connections. I started going to more events. Um, I started running mastermind groups for dads and I started a podcast nine months ago. And luckily I did because it allowed me to meet you at Podcast Movement, right? I never would have been there otherwise. I have, I think, a strong commitment to be a great father. I think I probably did before, but I'm more aware of that. I'm really active in a dad group online on Facebook where I've connected with a lot of other great dads. We're all trying to lift each other up and make each other better people. I like to think that by committing to these things, I've, I've found new business opportunities. I think I've become a better husband. I hope my wife would agree with that, but I don't know. I'll email her later and ask her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can, you can ask her. I'll, I'll connect you. And you, can get the real, you can get the real truth. And I'm just, I'm also just building more confidence and talking to more people and just having more fun and just enjoying life even more. And I was always someone that enjoyed life. So I'm taking it to the next level, higher and higher every day. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. You appear to me to be a very driven and confident person. Have you always been that way? 
it's an interesting question. I think I've always been pretty ambitious, but I probably lacked the confidence I needed to get as far as I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe had some not huge confidence issues, but some self confidence. I struggled in different areas. I founded around in some different jobs that didn't work out well for me. Um, I was always really afraid of. I was even though I'm an extrovert, I grew up pretty shy. And I was always kind of afraid of rejection and judgment, I think. Mm-hmm. And that has changed a lot over as I've been learning and growing, especially over the last year. Um, and a lot of it goes back to some of the things that we talked about. And now I do see myself as a very confident person who is out there, who can help and inspire people, who is always happy and motivated and energetic. And I think that I can bring that energy and use it to help others and uh, I love being able to do that. But no, it didn't start that way. I think I've learned to do that. I think I've had some good coaches and mentors. I've read a lot of books. I've been you know, journaling and writing down ideas and just talking to people and getting surrounding myself with really great people. You know, if, you, if you're familiar with the, the famous Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people you surround mm-hmm. yourself with. If you know, Tony Robbins talks about being the average of the peers that are around you as well. I've been surrounding myself with really fantastic people who are doing great things and going to events and talking to people like you, Lila, who are just happy and doing great things. And I just love that because it just, it raises me up and allows me to do better things. So it all, it all kind of comes together. I don't know if that answers the question, but uh, it, it's, it's a journey, right? And I'm, I'm growing and learning, but definitely building that confidence that's allowing me to go out and be more successful in business and life and help others along the way. Awesome. I love it. So how long do you meditate for each day? Does it vary or you got a pretty set time or how do you meditate? What are you using? What type of practice are you doing? Tell us about that. Yes. So I don't think anybody's going to come to me as like a, a really advanced meditator. It's more just about the consistency. I'm a big fan of, you know, there's a lot of different apps out there. I've tried most of them. I'm a big fan of Calm. Mm-hmm. So I use the Daily Calm app and they have a daily meditation that's usually right at 10 minutes. And so I would say I do that about 90% of the time. It's a 10-minute meditation. Occasionally, I'm pressed for time and I might only do three or five minutes if I wake up at the same time as my kids and I'm trying to get my daughter, my four-year-old daughter to meditate with me that I might do like a two-minute or yeah. three-minute <laughs> And right. And occasionally I'll do 20 minute. I feel like maybe I should do a little more or I'm talking to a friend who's upping his game or her game and doing 20 or 30 minutes. I think the most I've probably done is 30. Uh, I've, I've talked to friends and you're going to, you told me you're going to a meditation retreat soon. And I've talked to friends that have done that. That just seems like beyond my understanding of capability because I sit silently <laughs> all, all day long, right? I don't I don't know if I can, but it sounds like a really great challenge, something I'd probably try at some point. on the meditation retreat. Mine's not like that. We're going to stop for lunch, uh, okay. chat, and we have, okay. yeah, we have group share, and we don't spend 12 hours a day sitting with our legs crossed at all. We're not down. Oh, nice. Okay. That sounds like my type of red meditation retreat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd like it. <laughs> There's it. Wi-Fi. <laughs> The one I go to in Spain has a swimming pool. Ooh. Okay, these are sounding better and better all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's like resort retreat. <laughs> yeah, so do you think, could you see yourself ever going, doing something like that, going on a meditation retreat or going further with it? I think so, absolutely. I, I'm at a point in my life where I feel like I'm willing to try just about anything. And if it's something that's going to make me better or I'm going to learn something, or I'm going to make some good connections and meet some friends. Uh, I'm up for it. You know, I'm willing to spend the money or whatever it takes. But the flip side of that is I'm also in a place where, you know, I have a family with young kids. I've got a business. I've got some other things on the side I'm doing. I've got a podcast. I'm actually planning on starting a new one. And uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of things going on. So whatever I plan on doing has to be sort of high value fit into my priority. So I would say that I, I would hate to say I've put it off, but uh, it's something I would definitely try, but it's probably not going to happen in the next few months. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, there's oodles of time for everything. There's enough time for everything in life. Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm and I'm going to a lot of conferences this year to build my business. And one of the big goals in building the business is that I'm going to, my goal is to achieve financial freedom 
so that I have more time freedom with my family so we can travel and do whatever we want. And I would love to do more things like that, you know, down the line when I have that freedom. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, in some, you can even take your families. Really? Okay. So yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to look into this. As I said, I've been working on my kids a little bit slowly. Uh, they're very young, four and two. So my daughter knows we, we meditate every now and then, very short. I haven't really, I mean, I have my son with me, but he's he's less than two. So uh, he's quite yeah. understand the concept yet, but they're, they're going to be introduced to it. Yeah. What does your four-year-old think of it? Well, how, what do you do with her? Um, she is not so into it. <laughs> we, She's I've four. just done a little bit with her where, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I ask her to sit with me on the couch and do it. The Calm app has a few meditations for kids, mostly aimed at older kids. But, you know, she likes the, the silence with the timer and like, let's just do it for one minute with the bell and mm-hmm. she'll do it. I have her in a yoga class because uh, I do a lot of yoga and I know this yoga teacher teaches kids. And so she teaches the kids about mindfulness and breathing. And so we talk about that a little bit when she's having temper tantrums. And so I think that the foundation is there for her to get into it. It's mm-hmm. not something that really needs to be pushed. Yeah. And the truth is like at two and four years old, they don't need it because they're already present. They haven't actually developed thinking as a, as a habit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's why it's so easy to teach them because they're like, yeah, but we were, I'm already doing yeah. that. Dad. Yeah. Come on, man. That's true. No, that is absolutely true. They are 100% present in every moment, just about. I mean, I think about other things, but they are present in every moment. And it's it's very different for us as adults who are getting distracted and pulled to other things all the time. And so they don't need it as much as we do. That said, they're also fighting with newfound emotions and trying to control mm-hmm. and understand those emotions, especially in the toddler years from two to four and so it's something that, you know, potentially could be helpful is learning how to breathe and calm yourself down when you're having really strong emotions and getting upset. And that's, that's the place, frankly, where people ask me, what has meditation done for you? What's the biggest impact? I say for me, it's been as a parent, having more patience with my kids who are experiencing those emotions and having tantrums and crying mm-hmm. over ridiculous things. Right. And <laughs> a lot of parents try to argue with their kids. And you've, if you're a parent out there, you've learned that it doesn't go anywhere. And so meditation has given me the, the patience, frankly, to just breathe and just let things play out and not ever raise my voice at my kids and be a calm source of peaceful energy for them instead of getting mm-hmm. angry and, and yelling back. So that's probably the biggest thing I've gotten from meditation is is allowed me to be a better father. Yeah, that's that's huge. Such a valuable lesson to have as a parent to be able to enhance your relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with your kids so that you can be fully there and fully present with them. Because they know when you're not, right? <laughs> they know when you're distracted. Yeah. No, I I think they do. And I think they're going to learn that more and more as time goes on because they're present and they want us to be present. And so Mm. they're going to see when you're looking at your phone or doing something else or thinking about other things. And so that's one of the things I wrestle with all the time. I've got a million things going on, you know, between work and all these other friends that are wanting some of my time and social media where I'm very active and emails and stuff. And so I'm fighting to try to stay present with my kids on the evenings and weekends. And it's not always easy, but I've done things like a, a friend in my mastermind group challenged us all to do no phone Sunday. So I've done a few Sundays where I just didn't touch my phone at all from 8am to 8pm. It's pretty challenging and pretty rewarding for anybody that wants <laughs> to give it a shot. I've also done it with guys in my group where we do it on the evenings, you know, from six to nine family time, don't touch your phone. And it's something I can still get better at, but every time I do it, I, I read the rewards of being more present with my family and it, it's great. So this interview is even a great reminder that I need to go do that again. So thanks, Lila. No, no problem. It's so funny. Like I'm living with my eight-year-old, eight-year-old, eight-month-old niece at the moment. And obviously she's only tiny, but if I'm sitting there with her. I think there was one time I was doing something on my laptop and my sister's like, oh, can you watch her for a moment? And I'm uh-huh. like, sure. So I put my laptop down on the floor and thinking, oh yeah, I can just keep doing this thing and play with the baby. And I'm like, oh yeah, this right. does not work at all. <laughs> this is a disaster. <laughs> no. And you know, it's like one of the biggest myths of 21st century humanity is that people think they can multitask, right? 
um, especially women. Women think they can multitask. Men, rec- we realized a while ago that we actually can't. Women still think they can. <laughs> Some, anyway, my wife somehow can. I don't know how. Uh, but but seriously, the brain is not really able to focus. You can do two things at once, but only focus on one thing at once, which is why you can walk and talk at the same time. But all, all of a sudden, there's a gaping hole in front of you. You stop talking, right? Because you got to focus on the hole. Mm. So yeah, we always think that we can multitask, but we can't. So my advice to a lot of people is recognize that you can't. Try to be present with the people around you. Stop texting when people are talking to you. It's the most annoying thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> I try not to do that anymore. And it really annoys me when I see other people doing it. So now I'm scolding. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So how have you seen your practice impact your performance, whether that's with actually exercise would be maybe a great angle and also with business and creativity and productivity? I think business is probably one of the biggest places, you know, parenthood is the biggest, but after that would be business where I'm, I think a little bit more present in situations. I'm more mindful of the things that are going around me, noticing the people I'm interacting with and being more kind and patient with people. I handle stressful situations very well. I already was a person that didn't get too stressed out about things, but I mean, I had an incident Recently, so I I facilitate workshops for a living and I was going to run this workshop and the materials didn't show up on time. And the two people I was with were like freaking out, making phone calls, running around. And I was going to be the one on stage. And I just calmly went up on stage and said, you know, we'll just do it without it. We'll figure out a way. We'll make it work. And and we did until the materials showed up a couple hours late. They, you know, the, the, the guys afterwards were saying, you are so calm and cool. It was incredible. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's life, right? Like what's going to happen? You just, you can sit there and get angry. Uh, and I did need them to get on the phone and try to correct the situation, right? There, there are times when you do need stress to help you overcome challenges and, and figure things out. But where it goes bad is where you are sitting there dwelling about something that is out of your control instead of moving on and trying to make the most of the situation, right? So being more, I think, present and mindful and having that calm within allows me to more easily address the types of situations and, and sort of go with the flow and say, you know, what's, what can I learn from this and what can I make out of this to make it a, a great end result? Yeah. Yeah. It's either you can be present, but it doesn't mean you have to be passive and right. take no action and just surrender. There's still things you can do to remedy a situation if there's things you need, but you're probably in a better place to be able to do it and get a better outcome or be yeah, a better problem. Absolutely. Solved. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So I think we've come to a part, the part of the show called the playful questions. And so I've got a few quick questions. They're easy questions. They may or may not be quick answers. Okay. And that's not important. All right. First question. What's your most memorable meal? My most memorable meal? Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. The thing that comes to mind that I've probably told many people about, and I've had a lot of really great meals, and I'm, it just makes me smile when you ask that question because that's when we have some of our best times, <laughs> right? Food creates these experiences when we're with family and friends in different places. One of the most memorable was uh, I was in Japan with my wife, and I had been very fortunate to get a, a work assignment in Tokyo. And I brought my wife with me and we traveled this before we had kids and we, we traveled there for a week. And by the way, for anybody that hasn't been to Japan, it's, it's my favorite country. It's fantastic. The food is great. The people are wonderful. But a friend of mine who was really well connected had introduced me to his friend who took us out to a very, very high end exclusive sushi club, if you will, where there are no menus. There's no sign at the door. You have to be a member. And we sat in this sushi club with our host for, I think, probably three or four hours as this chef made fresh sushi that he had gotten that morning from the, you know, the market. And it was, everything was just so delicious and so unique. And it just felt like this amazing, unique experience that very few people get. And I'm not some type of exclusive, like I need VIP experiences. I got to be in first class or something like that. but. It's just something that you know that the the chef had been spending years perfecting this. The quality of the food was so wonderful. It was a place where people went that really appreciated it. It was also very expensive. 
And actually, as the meal went on, funny enough, <laughs> you know, I was not very well off at the time and, and, and still working on that, that financial success. I was starting to sweat a little bit about three hours in thinking, this is going to be really expensive <laughs> and I don't know what I'm going to do um, when the bill comes. <laughs> but uh, very fortunately, our host actually took the bill and covered it for us. And I hope to pay that forward one day, taking people out to really nice experiences and restaurants and, and being able to pick up the tab myself and pay it forward. But that was uh, just a memorable, wonderful meal. Yeah, that's beautiful. You mentioned earlier the Miracle Morning book. What else has had the greatest impact of all the books you've read in the last couple of years? Uh, there have been so many. I'm just like looking back at my bookshelf right now because I have I have so many books that have had a big impact. And I've done a couple posts on this. Most recently, a, a friend of mine named Vincent Puglese released a book called Freelance to Freedom. And it's about his story as a freelance photographer and how he and his wife got out of debt and achieved their financial freedom doing freelance work, shooting weddings. And now they do coaching and consulting and they're traveling the country with their kids. It's a really inspirational story and he's become a great coach and mentor of mine, but the book is really good. And for any high achievers out there, a book I read recently that had a big impact for me is actually called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, which is probably the opposite direction of meditation. It's like you need to go, go, go and like make your goals really big and take massive action every day. But it's actually really motivated me to go out and do a lot of uh, big things to build my business. So that's that's been great. But then I still have the meditation and these other things to keep me grounded along the way. So I guess those those are the ones that I would say right now off the top of my head that have that have had a big impact. I'm looking at my bookshelf. I, I know there's been many, many more, but I guess I'll stop there. So you're a hard copy reader. You don't do do you do digital or audio. I, I do both. I have a Kindle and I buy hardcover books and I, I like both. I, I like the physical books, but if the Kindle's cheaper, I'll often buy that. I, I value the, the fact that I could have 400 books in my bag because I travel so much. That's really nice too. So I go yeah. back and forth, but I don't do any audio books because I don't drive anywhere. I walk everywhere I go. And when I'm walking, I'm usually talking on the phone or talking to my kids. So I don't really have much time for audio books. And any, have you read any meditation books? I have not read any meditation books. I've I've listened oh. to, I know, listened to stuff about it. I've gotten the recommendations, but other than the Miracle Morning, I'm, sh- I'm sure you'll be willing to give me some recommendations. I tried to read one book on mindfulness a while back, and I, to be quite honest, I didn't make it through. It wasn't my style, but I've learned so much. I really, I got to credit the Daily Calm, the Calm app, because if you use the Daily mm. One. There's a lesson every morning, usually something related to mindfulness or personal growth that I've learned and taken so much away from that. I think they do a fantastic job, well worth the membership. By the way, and get nothing for, for promoting their app. I just think it's really good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I've often seen people share. They do a daily infographic. Yep, with a quote. Did you send me the one this morning? I think I probably did, yeah. Uh, oh, I can't remember what it was now. I'll share it. I'll put it in the show notes. I'll pull it up on my phone. It was love people, use things. The opposite never works. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. So what would you say is your superpower? Oh, what is my superpower? I love that. I think (laughs) my superpower, as I've grown and, and learned, my number one superpower is in networking and building relationships with people and making friends. Uh, Mm -hmm. And my number two superpower I'm finding is in bringing energy and inspiring other people to improve their lives and do great things. And it's something I love to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. What's your most joyful, happiest memory? Mm. I don't know. There's so many happy memories. I've I've traveled to so many great places. And I don't know if this is a cop-out, but last night, I was sitting on the front porch with my daughter and we were taking turns putting on plays or shows and, you know, she would tell a story (laughs) and then I would tell a story and I was just sitting there trying to be present in the moment and enjoying what was going on. And it was just one of those things that I know I will hopefully remember um, for a long time. Uh, But after after that, probably all of the great trips I've taken with my wife where we've traveled a lot of different places and there's just so many, I don't know what one, one I would hone in. And of course, meeting you at, at Podcast Movement. Ah, so (laughs) cheesy. (laughs) 
but no, I like I love that you see the the simplicity of or of experience. You know that this is sometimes just the simplest things can be the most special, the most joyful. Yeah. What are you grateful for today? Oh man, I am grateful for so many things. Um, I wrote about it in my journal this morning, but I'm. I'm grateful for this experience. I'm grateful for having great coaches and mentors and friends around me. Uh, I had a conversation just a couple hours ago with a mentor of mine who wrote the book that I mentioned earlier, Vincent Pugliese, and where we're helping each other figure out the future of our businesses. I'm grateful for the, all the opportunities I have to grow and learn every day. And most importantly, I'm very grateful for my wife. Uh, who supports me and our friendship. And I'm extremely, extremely grateful for my two children, uh, Lucy and Teddy, and what they bring into my life, which is purpose. Mm. This podcast is called Daring to be Happy. So tell us about a time you did something courageous. I'm trying to do more and more of that every day. I posted a video of something I did recently on Facebook, and then you one up to me. But I, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to put myself out there and do more fun things in this dad's group. I'm in, we've been challenging each other to do push-ups in like different locations and stuff. And I, I did some at the airport. Yep. So I was doing some yoga and, and uh, push-ups at the Frankfurt airport, which I posted a video about. And that, that actually like didn't feel that courageous to me. But then on the way back from Prague through the Frankfurt airport recently, uh, I decided that I was going to do a headstand and I just learned how to do a headstand. I've been y- doing yoga for two two years and I just learned this. And by the way, side note on that, something courageous that you can do that a lot of people are not willing to do is be vulnerable and ask people for help when you think that you should have it figured out. So I go to yoga every week and I watch the people who are better than me and I try to do the things that they're doing and I fall down and I look dumb. And the way I learned the headstand was I stayed after class and I asked my neighbor, Stacy, who is a fantastic yogi, I've seen you do a bunch of headstands. Will you help me figure this out? And it went from impossible to possible in a short amount of time because I asked for help. And I think a lot of people are just not willing to do that. And it took me a long time to get to a place where I can swallow my pride. And why would I have everything figured out? I don't, but we always feel like we need to. So being willing to ask for help, I think, is actually courageous because you're pushing past the fear of judgment that you're not good enough, right, that we all have. And so I, going back to the main story, I had just learned to do headstand and I had practiced in the gym that morning in Prague. And I was like, okay, I got this. And so when I got to the Frankfurt airport, I was like, I'm going to try to do a headstand in the middle of the airport. And then I got to my gate and I got really scared. I, I was like, just terrified to do this because people are going to look at me. I might fail and fall. Uh, I need someone to take my video so that I can post this online, right? And something I got from the third book I recommended, which was The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. And by the way, side note on that, he's going to rub some people wrong the wrong way. He's very brash. But one of the things he said is that if you're scared to do something, that's a sign that you need to do it. And so I remembered that and I was like, okay, I need to do this. So I approached a couple employees who were working there for the airline and they were just standing there chatting, doing nothing. And I, and I was so scared, but I asked them, would you take my video? I'm going to try to do a headstand. And they got so excited. The girl said, oh, are you going to post this on YouTube? This is so cool. Like, let us take your video. And so <laughs> I did it and I, I kind of failed the first time up and then I nailed it the second time and I ended with some push-ups. And, um, you know, they thought it was so great and they were asking me questions and the girl was giving me advice on like how I should edit the video and like the song I should put in the background. And, you know, when it was over, I got that encouragement and it was like, oh, this was fine. Like, this was fun. And if you look back at the video, like one person looked at me like, what the heck is that guy doing? And nobody else even looked because they don't care. And that's one thing I've learned in this process. Like, we spend so much time worrying about what other people think of us and the actions that we take. And when you really look around, people don't care. They're worried about their own lives. Like they're sitting at their gate, staring at their phones. They're not looking at me doing a headstand at the, at the airport terminal, right? So it worked out really well. And the more I do stuff like this, the more I build my confidence that I can do anything. And so I actually really suggest to people that you do things like this 
If you've ever read The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, which is another great book I recommend, he talks about that in his book. Mm -hmm. He has like challenges at the end of every chapter. And one of them I think is to go to Starbucks and just lay down on the floor. I've never done this, but you know, the whole point is like do weird things in public and find out that, you know what? Nothing bad is going to happen to you, right? Like the worst thing that could happen, the worst thing that could happen is they could ask you to leave the store. That's it, right? But we're so terrified to do these things. And you know, the cool thing is since I did that, I had a friend send me a video or a picture of him trying to do a headstand at Disneyland. Just last night, my dentist, who is a friend of mine for a long time, sent me a video of himself doing a headstand in his dental office because he had seen my video. And so the, it's, the cool thing is when you do courageous things, not only do you build your own confidence, but you inspire other people to do cool, fun, courageous things. And you know, the other big example, I won't go big into it, but like I said, I left my job to go independent about four months ago. And that probably, I think it took some courage, but I also built up a lot of, like I made some strong plans and a safety net and uh, I did it the smart way, uh, but it probably took some courage. Uh, but I've already been like talking to people who either want to do the same thing or did the same thing and want to learn from me. And uh, I'm actually planning on, I think, starting a new podcast and platform and mastermind group all around this idea of moving from corporate life to being self-employed and how do you go out and network and build a business. And so I want to be able to help inspire and help people with that because it does take courage. You got to go out. You got to put yourself out there. So. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when you go out on your own, and I've seen this so many times in myself, is that you need that community. You need other like-minded people to be able to fall back on or help pick you back up and ask for help and all those things, that support network that you often will lose if you leave the, the nine to five. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just your fear. You're, we're afraid of failure or we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid that people are not going to think that we're good enough for something anymore. And most of it is bogus, unjustified fear, right? So we have to evaluate that fear and decide, is it justified to be fearful of this or not? And, you know, you mentioned courageous. I just want to add that you know, someone sent me this quote, I think yesterday or something, and to remind people that courage is not the absence of fear. Fear is always going to be there, right? Courage is pushing past that fear and doing it anyway. I'm going to still be scared to do crazy things in public, but I'm building more confidence that I can push past that and do it anyway. Mm, mm. I think that's awesome. We should start a headstand challenge and make it the new planking. <laughs> and it's not so yes. much the headstand, but just being willing to headstand or fail at headstand. It doesn't matter. Right. And do stuff. Oh, and I forgot to mention to complete the story that I did put that video up on Instagram and Facebook and had a lot of comments and stuff. And then you, Lila, came in and said, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool, but check this out. <laughs> And it was like this awesome picture <laughs> of you doing a headstand on a paddleboard in a lake. I was like, dang, that looks really cool. That's my next challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing about a headstand photo. You've only got to get it right for a second and have someone right. taking those 10 speed photos. One of them's going to look really right. good. And they don't show the ones where you're crashing right, into right. the water. Exactly. <laughs> it's a moment in time. But isn't that a metaphor for all of social media, right? When you, most of the posts you see from people is oh, <laughs> your highlight reel, right? And the, one of the best pieces of advice I've received on yeah. that is don't compare your whole life to someone else's highlight reel. Because what you see from other people is the yeah. best parts of their life. And you don't see it when they go home and have a terrible argument with their girlfriend or husband or whatever, um, or drink too much the night before. Like there, There's a lot of things going on with people you don't know. Um, so I've had to learn over the years mm. to just stop comparing myself to other people and just live my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a conversation I've had a lot with people lately. And I'd love to find a way, how do we solve this problem? But again, it takes courage and vulnerability to put out the things that aren't so great about your life and, you know, show the bloopers real. Totally. totally. And I'm trying to, I'm, I'm aspiring to do that more, to be more vulnerable and show mm. and, and talk about the bad as well as the good, because I think mm. people get even more inspired and learn more from people's mistakes than they do from yeah. just true success. So I'm that's something I need to get better at because I'm still uncomfortable with it. It takes courage. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know. And I think it's a skill to find a way to do it in such a way that that's not a, a cry for help or a complete right. Debbie Downer or 
I haven't quite pinpointed what that formula is. I think it has to kind of either be funny or here's what I learned from it, right? Because if it's just sad, then it just makes people sad. It's just people don't want to see it. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, um, you know, a good example is a friend of mine who's doing really well and everyone thinks he's just killing it at everything. And uh, I challenged him on that. And he actually posted the other day about how He's like, you think everything's great in my house, but the other day, my my kids made me so angry that I slammed the microwave door so hard that it broke, and now our microwave is broken. And you just kind of show that, like, hey, everything is not perfect over here. Like, I still deal with anger, like other people, and and so that's kind of funny. But there's other ways you could put stuff out there to say, here's some things that I still I struggle with, and so I'm on a journey just like all of you, and I'm still trying to get better at things just like everybody else. I mean, I meditate every day, and I like to say I practice mindfulness and that I'm really good at time management. I help a lot of people with time management. But the fact is, I still get distracted all the time by my phone, by text messages, you know, by Facebook, by you name it. It's just very easy. I spend too long at the gym. I don't get enough done at work, you know, whatever. Like I get distracted with things all the time, playing with my kids in the morning or something. And um, I, I still struggle to manage my time effectively, even though a lot of people look up to me in that category. Yeah, and I'm exactly the same. I remember years ago when I was traveling, every day is an amazing travel post. Yeah. So life's looking really <laughs> good on my newsfeed. And then the next day, I think I posted, I was, okay, guys, just so you know, not every day is on the road yeah. is amazing and perfect today. I got lost and right. I missed my yeah. bus. And all the wheels fell off. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you said, I also, I'm a meditation teacher, which sometimes I fall into this trap of trying to live up to what I think that means or what it sounds like it should mean. It doesn't mean I've got my shit together all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes I'm just a hot mess. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. That's life, right? We're all... Yeah, it is. It is. And quite frankly, like going back to what I said, people learn more when you share those things. So if you're just perfect at meditation, I might almost get intimidated. I can't be as good as Lila, but if you share like, oh, I missed a day, or like sometimes I have trouble clearing my mind, or some of the challenges you have with it, then it might make me feel like, okay, this is normal that I'm dealing with these challenges too. Yeah. It's not about being a perfect meditator. It's called a practice, not a perfection. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andy, for sharing your story with us today. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. I I think just the advice, I, I love this idea of daring to be happy and the question about being courageous. And I would challenge all of your listeners to think about what is something that you've been wanting to do, big or small, uh, that you've been putting off or you've been scared to do, and just go try something. We only get one life and we learn best from experiences and from trying things. So I've been doing that more and more. If there's something I want to do, just go try it. I will try a meditation retreat at some point, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of things like that. And if you're thinking about changing careers, then start taking the steps to do that, whatever it is, but don't put things off forever. Just give it a shot. And if you fail, you fail, you learn from it and you, you uh, change things up and you move on. Mm. Thank you so much, Andy. To finish, I just wanted to praise you and I wanted to praise you just for your your energy and your such exuberant and adventurous spirit and I love just seeing how you've introduced these things into your life but you've kept it really simple as well and to be able to just demonstrate that yeah it can be as simple as doing a 10 minute guided meditation every day and you don't have to make it any more complicated than that to be able to see the results in your life and I think it's beautiful to see the way that it's been able to enhance your relationships and your family and your career and to yeah have that daringness to go out and just put everything into something whether it's business or headstands and silly stuff and airports right. and yeah it's You're awesome welcome. thank You're you welcome. And i want to thank you lila for your kindness and compassion and energy that you bring and the peacefulness and the smile on your face because you were one of the first people I met when I was at that conference and you just had this energy about you that you were a happy person that we wanted to be around. You were daring to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was 
on the t-shirt. So I exactly. Have to- <laughs> you, ha- you have to live up to it, but you have that, you bring that to everyone that you're with. And, and don't forget that that is contagious. I'm sure that your listeners hear that and that's why they love listening to you. And that when you talk to people, they get that from you. So I don't feel pressure. Like you have to do that because we all have our down days, but you are just such a happy, vibrant, wonderful person. Your smile is beautiful. And so I just keep spreading that, spreading that love. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Well, I want to wish you all the best on your next adventures and we'll include some links to the Entrepreneur Hot Seat and let us know when your new podcast is up and running as well. Will do. Thank you so much, Layla. Awesome. Thanks. So that was Andy Storch. And speaking of bloopers reels, Andy recently posted a truly amazing video. It was another airport challenge where he filmed himself doing squats in the airport and in his business suit. And then he split his pants on the second squat. So I only share that because one, it was hilarious. And two, it was also such a great example of Andy not taking himself too seriously. The other thing that really struck me when interviewing Andy was that he spoke so proudly and passionately of his meditation practice alongside the other routines that he had implemented. And he was so positive about the impact they had all had on his life. But he only actually meditates for 10 or so minutes each day. And Given to date that I've only really interviewed people who probably dedicate at least 20 minutes, if not an hour or more of their day to meditation, this was a real eye-opener for me. And while I have seen stats that strongly support that the more meditation you do, the greater happiness and peace and calm you're going to experience, this was also a really great reminder for me that any practice, even just 10 minutes a day, is beneficial and is not to be taken for granted. And in Andy's case, I have no doubt that it's not so much the length of time that he meditates that makes a difference, but it's his unwavering commitment to his routine which creates the greatest impact. So don't forget that starting small is a great place to start and go and check out the Calm app. If you'd like to learn more about Andy, you can check out his two podcasts, The Entrepreneur Hot Seat and The Talent Development Hot Seat, which you'll find on all good podcasting apps. So that's it for this week. If you want to join me in Bali at the end of October for a six-night yoga and meditation retreat, don't forget that the early bird rates close soon on July 15th. If you want to know more about the retreat, you can go to leelab.life forward slash Bali retreat or check out last week's episode where I interview my co-host Maria, who I'll be teaching with there. And with that, I want to thank you for listening and praise you for your openness to play big, be courageous, find peace and live happy.